Thanks for tuning in to Tax Strategy Digest, where we explore the fascinating world of finance. Join us as we dive into the stories, insights, and experiences of experts, thought leaders, and everyday people who are making a difference in this field. Through engaging conversations and thought-provoking discussions, we'll take a deep dive into the latest research, trends, and innovations shaping finance. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn something new on this journey here with us. Welcome to this episode of Tax Strategy Digest. Today, our guest is Justin Ryder. Justin is a CCIM and dealmaker in Lexington, Kentucky. In the last five years, he has closed over 150 deals. He is a passionate content creator, helping dealmakers thrive in personal branding and productivity. He recently launched a YouTube channel that I will link down below and you can find him constantly publishing content on both LinkedIn and Twitter. Justin, thanks so much for joining me on this episode today. Man, it's awesome to be here. Excited to chop it up. I don't know anything about taxes, but <laughs> I know I know a lot about real estate and investments, and I, I love the world, so I'm excited to be here. Perfect. Well, we will talk all about real estate um, today and, and share some of your knowledge with the listeners, but um before we get started so i just mentioned it i said ccim can you talk a little oh, yes. bit about what that designation actually means because i think a lot of people don't really know yeah i'd love to i'm i'm very proud of i think ccim is one of the things i'm most proud of in my career um i rushed it and did it as quick as i can and i tell people get the designation as fast as you can don't wait take 101 day one on the job or at least week three or four, um, take it with Blaine Strickland, amazing professor, by the way, um, and, uh, coach out there for commercial real estate, uh, changed my, the trajectory of my career. It stands for certified commercial investment member. Um, it requires a portfolio of sales and then four to six different classes and electives that you take. So it's a it's sort of a, baby master's degree in commercial real estate, I guess is a, is a way to say it, but you got to have the deal resume and you got to have the expertise. And for me, it taught me basically to look at every single building as a small business. And I've been doing that ever since every building is a world of its own. And I feel like after CCIM, you could tackle almost any project in real estate. So what's your story? I mean, you said you've been doing this for five years. You've closed 150 deals or over 150 deals. Uh, I mean, that's what, you know, 25, no, what, 30 deals a year? How how have you been able to yeah. do such a heavy volume, especially right. with the current market? Yeah, I mean, I so if you go back I, out of college, I, I jumped into a ministry called Young Life, which was a wonderful experience. And so commercial real estate was sort of my second career. I, I did that for seven or eight years. And then my best friend bought an SVN franchise in Lexington. And so we moved back and jumped in headfirst. And honestly, my, my personality is, is I'm pretty black or white guy. So if I'm going to do something like I jumped in, like I said, I jumped into CCIM. I began to read stuff on LinkedIn and understand what was happening in the world and I can't take credit for it, Paul. Like, to be honest with you, my, the office I came into is exploding with generosity. I mean, I know that that sounds even cheesy to say, but I walked in and my broker was like, Hey, there, there's stuff for you to work on. So I, I had a very, like, I'm lucky from my, my, my experience. Um, most people come in, you get handed a phone book. They say you can call people for six months. 
And then if it goes well, you know, you, you maybe you stick around. I walked in and there was stuff to work on. And I tried to increase my luck surface area and, um, you know, also bite off the a, a big piece of the business and go out and get business myself. Um, and, you know, uh, those deals are real. I mean, that's that that is a lot of deals, but I will say they're all in central Kentucky and some were very small. Like, so I'm talking a $2,000 lease all the way through a $18 million shopping center. Wow. And I always tell people when you're early in the business that everything you read is specialized, 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 specialized. And I really believe that my specialty early on was territorial. It was geographical. So it didn't really matter the people I, the people I was meeting out there and clients they owned in multiple asset classes. So I didn't specialize in just one particular class. I just specialized in activity, like literally just get out, beat the phones, create activity, create momentum, get people to say yes, get stuff signed, get places leased or sold, tackle hard projects and just go, um, get out of the office, you know? And then as these years have progressed, I've specialized more lately in advising owner occupants on real estate. So small business owners who are exiting and have a real estate asset or small business asset, as well as multifamily. Um, and that's what I'm digging into most now is apartments in central Kentucky. It's been, I've got a small team with me. Um, and that's been really life-giving because as the guy who trained me or one of the guys that trained me, um, his name is Solomon Peransky, and he was a SVN trainer for a long time, and he's now doing coaching and training on his own. And one of the things he says that I think is so impactful is the, the more transactions that you have that are alike, the more they breed other transactions. So while it is very smart to get reps early on and improve your skills and improve your knowledge, if your transactions don't look like each other, it's tough for them to just build on and snowball. And so I like that later in my career, I'm trying to move into, I say later, I mean, I want to be a person who's in this for 30 years, right? Like five years is nothing. And I know that. Uh, I feel really lucky to be in the business. Um, it's been a huge blessing to myself and my family. Friendships have formed from it. Investments have come from it. So, you know, it, like I said, it's been a blessing and it's very early, um, but I'm starting to get a vision for this next 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 25 years. And um, that's really fun. And a lot of that has to do with the media side as well, uh, which we can talk about, I'm sure. We, oh, definitely. Oh, we can talk about whatever you want to talk about, man. Definitely. Well, let's talk about some of the media stuff. Obviously, you mentioned sure. you're, you're just starting out right now in the YouTube space. Uh, why don't we we dive into that a little bit? What what motivated you to start on YouTube? Yeah, it's a great question. I've always wanted to do it, and I've always loved video my my entire life. So when we used to go on vacation, I would make little videos, and nobody saw them except for my family, and now they're family heirlooms. But it's just the really nice camera work, transition stuff, um, music behind. It. I mean, I've just always been kind of obsessed with that world. And I just never had time to sort of tackle it. And I, and I think too, I, w I was a little bit, I was a little concerned early on to just begin sharing stuff in year one of commercial real estate. Um, although I did share a lot of my experience, which I got great feedback on, but five years in now, I can speak to some expertise, you know, I, after hundreds of deals, you can speak to aspects of it that will actually help other people. 
I get a ton of DMs. Like, I mean, I get a lot of DMs from people that are very early in the business. Um, and I, and I love talking with them. I love answering questions. Um, you know, I'm, I'm here to help. I'm here to serve. It's a service business. Um, so, but yeah, I, I just, in, in loving video, I began to explore what other people were doing on YouTube and thought, um, at first I'm scared to death to do it. If I'm honest, uh, it's not going to work for me, you know, and then you get, you look into some people and get some good advice. And, um, and then you begin to think like, actually I could do this, this, this could be fun. And, um, man, I, I will say too, lastly, to sort of wrap that up is improving your on-camera skills is basically improving your communication skills. Agreed. And script writing is improving your, your writing capability and also communication. So you really can't lose to try it. And it makes you want to stay physically fit too, because you see yourself on camera. Um, so there's a lot of, uh, byproducts as well. Definitely. And, uh, it's funny you mentioned about how you've, uh, you're open to helping others in the industry. I feel like it's something that's so, I don't know, a lot of people in other industries do not want to help each other. They want to push someone else down, but I feel like in the like commercial real estate space, I feel like there's a lot of brokers that are so willing like for example i'm sure you know him uh bob knackle i always see his posts and he he's just like he'll he'll talk to the guy for an hour two hours and it's someone who he's uh you know never met just randomly reached out to him on linkedin and just asked for some advice and uh, i think it's just definitely niche specific i'm one of those guys with bob by the way bob if you're listening i'm at, I'm at the red lobster if you change your <laughs> mind I'll, I'll meet you there um I love Bob Knackle. Uh, I told someone when I cold called someone from New York, um, I told him that I knew Bob Knackle um, because I do. We become buddies on social media and and we were at the CREI conference together. And no, I think there's a lot of camaraderie in the industry. I'm not exactly sure why. Um, I think there are people out there like a Daniel Harold, if, if you follow on Twitter, um, that dude has done a remarkable job of building community from social media. Like he just had a ICSC party of 150 people from Twitter. Wow. Like that's amazing, you know? So, but I think the, the passion that it's an industry that people are passionate about and wherever you have passion combined, you have really good community. You have people talking shop, talking strategy, talking data, a lot of predictions and that kind of thing. So I think that's good. I mean. There may be, I'm sure there's an insurance world in Twitter or a doctor world and, you know, I'm not a part of it, so I don't know. Um, but yeah, you're, you're exactly right. I think people are, people are happy to help And and look, people that made it in commercial real estate are really proud of it. I mean, it's hard. Like a lot of the people that are speaking today are those people who were given a phone book and, and six months to survive and they battled it out and here they are now and they're they're very proud of what they've done. And I think they should be. I, th I think those people should speak and tell their stories. And um, I really enjoy hearing them. So what do you think about, we're going to shift gears a little bit, um, personal branding in, in today's world, right? We, we kind of just talked about how, you know, people are meeting on LinkedIn or meeting on Twitter. There's communities that are being built. So obviously people are going to find those communities when they use social media, but uh, with personal branding, 
do you think people should be posting about themselves, their experiences? I feel like your answer is probably yes, because you've been doing that yourself. Yeah, I mean, I think so. One of the uh, pieces of content I consumed that sort of changed the trajectory of my career was about three years ago, maybe four years ago. And it was from Ryan Serhant, who is the million dollar listing guy, New York guy, you know, king of New York residential real estate and um, great media stuff and, and phenomenal place to sell condos and penthouses and stuff right in New York. Everybody's interested in that. But he, he said, you know, every, basically I'm paraphrasing, I'm not quoting, but it was a YouTube video and he said, everyone in real estate does real estate. So you need something else besides real estate to brand yourself and his is real estate and media. You know, in mine, mine is commercial real estate and media. Like that's my, I love writing. I love video. I love audio and I always have, and it's a passion of mine. And I really like that idea. It stuck with me. You know, you need, it's real estate and something. So what I tell people is what is that thing for you? Um, it might be real estate in cars, you know, and maybe you're communicating about cars. It might be real estate in family or real estate in coaching or real estate in biographies or, you know, something. So, but I think that helps with your personal branding. I I'm nervous. I'm always nervous or a little reserved to say like, you should be posting on social media because people react to that very poorly. Um, personally, I think it's a gift. The My First Million podcast guys, you know, they say all content is marketing or all marketing is content. And in sales, you want to be, you have to be marketing yourself. Um, and so if you can build an audience and get some distribution and then begin to share how you can change people's lives, you're probably going to have more people say, hey, come help me with my life, my business and what have you. It's certainly not necessary. I mean, we we both know, Paul, there's a ton of people out there right now making a significant amount of money in brokerage or whatever, and they don't know, they don't have a LinkedIn. They don't, they don't have any of that. Um, otherwise, if you're on the come up, you're starting, you're digging in, and you realize, man, I've got all these platforms. There's a lot of eyes and ears and everything's free. Might as well just start posting. Right. And so for maybe for brokers who are just starting out right now, right? What would you what pieces of advice would you give them for starting out? Would it be to get on LinkedIn, get on Twitter, uh, start a podcast, start something on you know YouTube or um, would it be make, you know, thousands of cold calls every month? What's kind of the best route that you say in modern kind of day that you would take? Yeah, I mean, if you're starting today. And you're thinking, what should I be posting about? I, I don't think you should be on social media teaching. I think you should be documenting. And I think there's a lot to, to say about um, documenting your journey and your story. I saw a post a couple of days ago this week, and there was a broker who said, I made 1,216 calls, which, by the way, blows my mind. And again, I've, I've never made that many calls. It, this was in January. Sorry. So 1,216 cold calls in the month of January, 2024. I've never even been close to that, I guess, because I've been, I just haven't had time to make that many calls. I mean, it's, 
really impressive. But um, I think that – what did you ask me, by the way? I, I was just asking uh, some advice for a broker who was coming in. Oh, what type of sorry. content should they be posting? Yeah, so lean into documentation, lessons learned, local – Local Tim Wright is a broker, office broker out of Atlanta. Um, he's not new, by the way. He's a he he's a killer guy and certified expert at what he does. But he posts pictures of old school Atlanta and people around that area. They love it. So I think you can get people pumped about your town, your geography. You know, if there's a burger week in your town, like go to every restaurant and you know, have a single bite and create camaraderie with those owners and those people. So I think there's things you can do to have fun and document. I don't think you need to go online and take a teaching posture per se, posture per se. Um, but there, there's nothing wrong with saying I made 1,216 cold calls this month and this is what I learned. There's nothing wrong with saying, Hey, these are the top three podcasts that I listened to in Q1 of my commercial real estate career, I'll never forget them. There's nothing wrong with saying, I just took CCIM 101. Here's the top three lessons that I learned. You know, I, I think that stuff will get traction. Here's the other thing I'd say, by the way, comment like crazy. Like if you're serious about building friendship online, spend 15 minutes a day just commenting on other people's posts. Get your name out there, get, get known a little bit, and, you know, those people will start to appreciate that, follow you, comment on your post. And, it, you know, that's great. So what goes around comes around, but that's what I would do. And I don't even, personally for me, the thing I like to share best is strategy. So I am, I'm doing things that, you know, we're making moves on our team that I'm talking about on YouTube and I'm getting a really good response. I like sharing strategy, right? I really love the shared experience. Brokers love <laughs> feast or famine business like commercial real estate is. Sometimes high intensity, tension, what have you. The shared experience people love. You know, so I love throwing out there, you know, have you ever had this experience or whatever? And, and I know people have and they they love it. Um, so those are the things I, I love and, and I love giving that stuff away. I mean, it's amazing the it to, to me, one of the most amazing things about our current social media landscape is people are out there just giving their hard earned secrets away for the taking. It's crazy. Which it is really is cool. It's crazy when you think about it. And the one secret that I think hasn't really been shared yet, and maybe you have an answer to it, maybe you don't, but what piece of advice would you give to brokers who are, are struggling right now with, with the market? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think when you're, if, if you have committed to doing this for life and you have the privilege of some type of financial runway, which I don't take lightly and I don't pretend that I know everyone's situation, but if there is a commitment and there is some type of safety from the standpoint of, I can get my family through, you know, whatever, if I haven't done a transaction in a year and, and the, but it, you know, but I want to keep going and I can keep going. Then 
what I believe and what I've tried to practice is this is 100% the time to dig in. Like the harder it gets, the more people are going to leave and you're going to find that you look around in a year and there's less people, less competition. And by the way, people will have, cause I've been in it long enough now, now to see people that I knew that I was like, oh, they're going to be a broker for life and they're gone and they're doing something great. By the way, they're like, they're making good money. They're enjoying life. You know, it's, and they just left this career. Um, Honestly, I, I think, like I said, it's the time to dig in. Yeah. It's a time to read time to study. One of my passions is I study deal makers, right? So I, I try to read every single biography or memoir that I possibly can on world renowned deal makers. And without a doubt, every single time there are people, those people went through cycles. And barely made it. I mean, I just finished the, I posted about Bill Marriott today. Yeah, I was going to actually it, ask you about uh, the William Zeckendorf and uh, what, what the other guy was, it was like Conrad Hilton, right? Yeah. I mean, Con, take Conrad Hilton, for example. Okay. So Conrad Hilton is, you know, obviously the the founder of the Hilton chain. And I don't know much about modern Hilton. I'm not speaking for them in any way or or what have you, but his memoir is, called be my guest it's incredible and we were talking about cycles right so conrad hilton was told by a mentor of his the mentor happened to be on their deathbed at the time that he should go to texas and would make his fortune okay so i'm reading this i'm hooked right i think this is super cool conrad hilton proceeds to leave like four hours later with one suitcase and everything he owned and goes straight to texas and shows up Goes into this hotel to get to and to get a room. The the there's lines out the door. Everybody's look, searching for oil, trying to make an, a fortune in oil. And he's standing there in line, and he's like, "This is amazing. I don't want oil. Like I'm gonna buy this hotel." And it just clicks with it. It's a golden idea in his life. Like, wait a second, this is what I want to do. So he buys the hotel. He learns to run hotels. And he gets up to, I think, seven or eight, and 1929 hits. And so he is fighting tooth and nail for every dime. And he was doing pretty well at the time. And then the crash took, I mean, he literally had a bellman that gave him 300 bucks because there people loved him. So some, one of his bellmen at his hotel, he was walking by one day and people knew he was in a really bad spot and he gave him everything. By the way, that dude got hooked up later in life with wow. ownership. Oh yeah. Like he never for he never forgot that. Um but the reason I mention that is because the very fact that Hilton went through the Great Depression made it through to the other side with the knowledge of being able to manage hotels was the only reason that Hilton exists for the way it is today. I mean, people in the mid 30s people were giving him hotels. Wow. They were worth one twentieth of what they once were and you couldn't run them and nobody was traveling and they're like, we don't, we can't do anything with this. And so the, the, the thing that took him down and almost killed him is the very thing that, you know, him making it through propelled him to the stratosphere as an owner. I think that's fascinating. It really is. It, that's a, uh... 
it, there's a lot to say too about his mentor, right? Cause his mentor coached him and maybe it didn't take him to where he should have been right. It, mining for oil. But, um, have you had any mentors that have pushed you on like a similar path or, or helped you out, uh, in real estate so far? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I have had, um, mentors and I think this is really important too, because I, I do think people might read what I write or see videos or whatever in the future and think, man, he's just a digital guy. And the only reason I am who I am today is from two local mentors, right? Now I've taken a lot that I've learned and applied that locally. And we all know this. If you're listening to this, you know, this real estate is not just local. It's ultra local, right? So you need a mentor locally and, uh, two individuals that, you know, my broker and then, um, his broker who I still work with every day, um, they, they've been incredible mentors and taught me basically everything I know, you know, from, from how to get a feel for property from the very beginning, a feel for sales, what to do, how to process deals, deal flow. You know, I think if I had to pin it down, I would say two, two of the most important things is my, my broker let me do deals with him early on. And now I don't need to do deals with anyone now. Like I running a deal is one of my favorite things. I'm happy to have help and work with people, by the way. But the only reason I can do that is because he allowed me to join him in the beginning, which was awesome. And then my other mentor, Steve, just taught me that the essence of this whole business is people and that people are messy, tricky, hilarious. Real estate's full of a cast of characters. Um, a lot of people think they know what they're doing and they really don't. And, um, and that's okay, you know, but he does know he's done really well in life and invested in the right stuff, but he'd be the first to tell you that, you know, it, I always ask him, Steve, what's this thing worth? And he's like, it's worth between nothing and something. <laughs> and I'm like, perfect. That's all I needed. I'll, I'll let him know. I love it. Well, yeah. if there's anybody who's listening right now, if maybe they're a client, they want to learn some more uh, about you know the market, about what's available, if you can help them, or if you've got brokers who just want to learn some you know secrets of the trade, where can they learn some more from you? Would the best place be YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter? Yeah, I'd say hit me up on LinkedIn, um, especially I, I have met more than a few clients on LinkedIn who have act, who we've closed deals together. And you can put my email on there if you, you know, if I've got clients in uh, multiple states, Arizona, Connecticut, Illinois, who love Central Kentucky real estate. Central Kentucky is a special place to invest. Um, and I don't want to bore your listeners because a lot of times I know people are like, I don't care about some small market across, but. No, let's hear it. It's the University of Kentucky town, Lexington. You know, we're right. an overgrown college town. We're very, um, we're surrounded by horse farms. So our commercial property is essentially on an island, um, which is wonderful. And property holds its value really well. A lot of great owners, a lot of great professionals, great regional local banks here um, that support deals. So we've got, a, we've got a great economic community, a lot of drivers uh, to invest in. So there, there are people, I'll give you a little, just a, maybe just a little hint of like, I should reach out to Justin is I do have clients that think Central Kentucky is the next, the, the greatest thing since sliced bread. Like it's like a secret investment place that they found. 
So reach out to me. Maybe we'll do a deal. We probably won't do in, you know, a value add eight cap deal on as is income and whatever. So if you're reaching out for that, I, I don't have anything for you. Um, but there, there are a lot of great things to say about Kentucky uh, today. Paul, $9 billion of bourbon business coming out of Kentucky a year. You believe that? Wow. That is, that's pretty cool. Are you a big bourbon guy? Dollars. Uh, yeah, it's part of the culture here. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't say I'm like every day looking for bourbon, but I, okay. I respect it, appreciate it, and, you know, enjoy. There, there's nothing like toasting a, a a great deal with like a fine bourbon. Um, if you've read, I'll, I'll send you this book, by the way, Paul, since okay. you were nice enough to invite me on your, your podcast. Um, Pappy Land by Wright Thompson. So if you're if you're looking for like a uh intro into bourbon, there's there's not a better one. It's Perfect. A fantastic book. So I'm excited. I'll I'll definitely uh I'll definitely give it a read. Um real quick, as we're starting to wrap up, there is a question I ask everyone sure. who comes on the podcast. Um, what's your why? Why do you do what you do? Yeah, I mean, my why is pretty easy. It's my faith and my family. Um, so I, I'm I'm a faith-driven guy and very much believe that God has me in this position for a specific reason, specific purpose. Um, you know, I love doing deals from the perspective of what is this person really thinking, feeling, where do they really need help? And I'm here to serve. Um, and that my faith really fuels that, that end of it. And then secondly, I have three wonderful daughters and uh, a wonderful wife and our family like i said in the beginning of this our family has been really blessed by this business and so i feel very fortunate to be in the position i'm in because we can enjoy you know life together and do a special trip or something like that uh, my fifth grader coming up you know i get i let them pick um a trip for their fifth grade graduation and so I'm going to take my middle daughter this year to LA and not everyone gets to do that, you know? And I, so I'm really thankful for, for that opportunity. Um, so yeah, so faith, family, um, learning, teaching, I, I sort of dream in the back of my mind someday of like, what would it be like to teach a class at UK, you know, which is my alma mater. Could I, you know, teach a class on real estate or sales or something like that? So th those are, those are some of my passions with it. And I tell you what, I'm just more than tickled right now to just be tackling deals, ripping cold calls, helping clients out, trying to refine our process. Um, those are things that get me super stoked today. I love it. Well, Justin, thanks so much for joining me today. Um, I've had a blast. I, I think that there's been a lot of secrets that you said you're giving away on your channel that uh, you gave away here today. So I appreciate you sharing some of that with us. Um, yeah, and I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to actually include your YouTube link. So after this, I'm going to reach out to okay. you and uh, get it all included below for anyone who is interested. I'm also going to include his LinkedIn and his Twitter. So you guys can follow all along with him and uh, just learn some more from him. Justin, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Appreciate it, Paul.